You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. This morning, and I know that he's going to take us to new heights, new levels. I know that the face of our destiny, our lives has changed. And as the word comes this morning, there's a shift that will take place. I don't know if you agree with what I'm saying. Because I don't know about you, I need a shift in my life. I need a shift in my life. Listen to me, there's a way you can be in a place and you're doing well. But there's a shift that will take you even closer to destiny. And so you might be okay with where you are. Because you are able to connect once in a while. But I'm saying, Lord, I want a shift that will help me to connect so much more with you. That even before I cry out, you have answered. While I'm yet speaking, oh my God. That I will hear you clearly. That angels will be moving around in my life. Ascending, descending in my home. Let there be a shift today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. I want you to just bless the Lord and say hello to someone beside you. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. All right, you didn't say hello. You, you know I can ask you for names, hey? Glory, glory, glory. Yeah. Good. Such an atmosphere here. It's electric. Uh-huh. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to prevailing women. Women with the backbone of steel. Has God been doing stuff in your life that has been reinforcing your backbone? Can you look at your life and say, I'm not where I used to be. I'm so much stronger than I was a week ago, two weeks ago, a year ago. And it's because of what the Lord is doing in my life. Amen. Women with the backbone of steel. Someone added, Dr. Letabo says, women with the backbone of steel, what? With spikes. In other words, when the enemy comes close, oh my God, he will experience something that he didn't bargain for. And I believe what God is doing in your life, in our lives, he's so reinforcing us that when the same enemy and when the same situations that used to confront you and floor you, when those situations come again because they think nothing has happened to you, when they come again, they'll be amazed Amen. that you are a different person. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> this morning, I'm going to start off by reading a scripture before I go into um, topic and all of that. Can we open Matthew 17 from... Verse 14 to 21. 
So when you get to 21, stop. Matthew 17. And, excuse me, when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Hold on a second. Lord, have mercy on my son. He's epileptic. He often falls into the fire and into water. Can you picture the state of that boy? Can you picture what he looks like? Someone who often falls into fire and into water. And this man came. He did not come straight to Jesus. He went first to the disciples. And the reason he went to the disciples is because he had seen them together. The reason some people will come to you is because they have heard you say you know Christ. And so they went, he went to the disciples to say, can you help me? I see you are connected to the master. I see that you are always in fellowship with him. And it is not possible for what he carries not to rub off on you. So can you please help me? Your master, I'm sure, is very busy. But what he carries, I'm sure you carry. There was stuff that he understood. And he said, please, this is the situation of my son. This is the condition. Well, the Bible says that the disciples could not cure him. Let's read on. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Why were we not able to cast out the demon? We've been following you. In fact, when I said come out, I said it the exact same pitch of your voice. I said it exactly how, Lord, you see what you just did. That's what I did. I did it exactly like you. I pointed my finger. I squinted one eye. I did everything exactly how you did it. Why could I not cure? Listen. That boy is a boy that needed his destiny changed. That boy needed the order of his life changed. He needed a shift in his life. And he came to someone he thought could help him shift. But they couldn't help until he came to the master. Thank God for Jesus. 
So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here is what I see in the scripture. I see that the disciples knew how to do everything like the master did. They knew how to command like he commands. They knew how to point like he points. They knew the tone and the, and the pitch of his voice. They knew all of that. But they didn't know how to pray like the master. These were the same disciples when it was time to pray. They were what? Sleeping. They did not know how to pray. And he says, this kind comes out not by, except by fasting and prayer. Now you can decide, you can choose that it is this kind of unbelief doesn't come out. You can decide it's this kind of demon that doesn't come out. You can decide this kind of power even cannot manifest except with fasting and prayer. Whatever your theology is, it is, if there's no prayer, if there's no prayer, nothing will happen. So this morning, I want to reactivate something. It's not just reactivating, but I want you to know the kind of power that you carry and the kind of power this generation expects you to carry. Because they're looking to you. And when they come to you, you shy away because you don't know the power that you carry. Or you have not yet activated that power. Now, I believe that the disciples carried that power, but it was not yet activated because they were sleeping. And it's time to pray. But they are there. They are following closely. How can you be a disciplined follower and not know? When your master, so many times, Jesus went away to pray. Fasting was a lifestyle. But you, you are sitting down eating. Eat, eat, eat. The whole day. And then, you want to command the demon to leave? He will offer you more steak. You see, I'm not going anywhere. Something happened to me some weeks ago <laughs> that helped me to, to understand the kind of power that I carry. And I've been walking in that power. In Luke, before I get there <laughs> to what happened, because I know you want to know. If you, if you check Jesus' lifestyle, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible talks about when his heart, when he was in distress. Let me locate it. In Luke chapter 22. Um, maybe start in 40. Let's see. Luke 22. Okay. All right, we'll read quickly. And when he came to a place, 
he said to them, to the place, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was, with, um, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed. Before he left to pray, what did he say? Pray. All right? So it wasn't like, you chillax, let me go pray. He, before he left to say pray, I'm going to pray. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony. <laughs> Can you read this with me? And being in agony, he did what? He prayed more earnestly. Let's read that again. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Keep that. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Verse 45. When he rose from prayer, he had come to his disciples. He found them what? Sleeping from what? Sorrow. So when disciples are in sorrow or agony, they sleep. When Jesus is in agony, he prays more earnestly. When he came, disciples, they were so sorrowful. I don't know what is going on in your life. You might be so sorrowful and you think the best thing to do when I'm sorrowful is to sleep, is to go on a holiday, is to relax. Jesus was in great agony, and for that reason, he prayed earnestly. If I sit with you today, and you begin to recount the things going on in your life, and I ask you how your prayer life is, in fact, it's affecting my prayer life. I'm not able to pray as I ought to pray. Excuse me, who are you learning that from? You know, in the past, maybe when I hear you say, I'm not able to pray as I should because things are tough. I'll, I'll feel for you, you know? I say, I understand. I, I understand, you know, sometimes, ah, the weight of this world, eh? I understand. You know what? Just go relax a little. When you've regained some strength and stamina, you come back. I just want to announce to you, next time you come to me, and I ask you, how are you doing? I'm not able to pray because, because my heart is sore. Ah, there is a problem. Jesus prayed earnestly. More. I want you to know that there is power that you carry. A prevailing woman who is not a praying woman can never prevail. But here's some fantastic news. When I discovered the kind of power I carry some weeks ago, not too long ago, I, I got a, a call late at night. And the person I was talking to, she was very frantic and unhappy about her teenager. His life He's just living recklessly. He's, he, he's got no direction. I tried to help him. He wants to do what he wants to do. And I was listening to her. And as I was listening to her, 
the spirit of the Lord spoke to me so clearly. It was so exciting. And the Lord said to me, tell her that if she can pray, the power of her prayer will set a track for his life. Oh my God. This morning I'm talking to you about laying the track to your destiny. He said, if she can just pray, if she can just concentrate, not on looking at how he is going, not on looking at what is going on and being sorrowful, but if she can just begin to pray earnestly, like Jesus did, she says, what will begin to happen? He says, her prayers will begin to lay tracks for his life. And I thought that was a very interesting thing for the Lord to say to me, especially as the, this child's life was going like that. And the Lord said, begin to lay tracks through your prayers. When you begin to lay tracks, his life will go according to the tracks he's laid. You know there is such a thing as godly restriction. In other words, God is saying, you will begin to restrict his life to the track that you are laying. Did the Bible not say, train up a child in the way he should go? When he grows, he will not depart from it. Do you know that's a track? He says, he will not depart from it. You know, pastor used to say something, Pastor Eric, and some of you have heard him say, he's said a few times, he says, you know, I can't backslide. Uh, I have tried. <laughs> he says, I've even tried to backslide. He says, but for some reason, I'm not able to backslide. Even if I just move a little, something takes me back. I'm not able to backslide. And he says, the reason I cannot backslide is because of the kind of prayers my mother has been praying for me. The prayers that was prayed for me kept me on track. I didn't even remember all that until the Lord said to me, tell her. You see, the thing is, a train can actually move without rails. Yeah. But it will slip. It will slide. It will move anyhow. And it will move slowly. So it is to the advantage of the train that you put tracks for it. It is to his advantage. So I, I realized, even though I was counseling someone, ah, I got up from that place and I said, ah, I need to begin to set tracks. I need to begin, I was like a mad woman. I said, I need to begin to set tracks. And I know that, yes, I've been praying. I understand that, yes, my prayer, most likely, I'm sure, has been set in track. But there's something that happens when you have understanding, you have knowledge of something. I began saying, I set tracks. I, I position you. I started calling my children by name. I said, your life will not go outside of the word of God. I don't care how you slip and slide. You come back. You will fulfill destiny. 
I lay tracks that lead directly to your destiny. How has your life been going? Slipping and sliding. And yet you are sorrowful. Without knowing that what will put you back on track and what will ensure that you arrive where God has ordained for you to arrive is your prayer. So I sat back and I thought, God is omnipotent. God is all powerful. Woo! But I'm also powerful. Oh, it was such a great thing for me to realize. I have the DNA of God. And he's powerful. He's all powerful. I'm not all powerful. He's all powerful. But hey, I am also powerful. And so I can determine. I can determine how things should go. Now we don't know the power that we carry. We're not even praying. And when we manage to pray, there's unbelief. I'm speaking this morning, I'm speaking to you even about the power in your prayer. And there are people here who are thinking, uh, maybe power in your prayer, Pastor. I'm just waiting for this meeting to be over so that you can pray for me with the power of your prayer. But I'm saying to you this morning, your prayer is so powerful Amen. that it can begin to lay tracks for Amen. you. Now, do you know that the disciples had the opportunity to dismantle the tracks of the enemy in that epileptic boy and to lay fresh tracks for him? But because they were a prayerless bunch, Thank God for Acts chapter 2 or and Acts chapter 1 when they went and they tarried. <laughs> and there was prayer. Are you following? But at some point you saw where they were sleeping instead of praying. And so when opportunity came, they were not able to do anything. The tracks, God is good. The tracks that you lay through your prayers, it not only leads you towards destiny, it gives destiny and people and kings and treasures, the people, the things that need to come into your life. It gives them an opportunity and they have where to ride, to come. But so far, haphazard. We don't know how to locate you. The angels don't know how to locate you. Because there's no prayer. And we're living carelessly. We're living as we like. We're moving as we like. But when you begin to lay tracks, not only are you heading towards destiny, but God himself will begin to say, look, there's a path here. Follow it. Go to her. Come on. Put Isaiah 60 for me. 
You can put from verse 1. I love that scripture. It's my scripture. I'm sure you've heard me say that. It's my scripture. From verse 1. Praise arise. Arise, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Listen, the Gentiles shall come to your light. It just doesn't happen anyhow. There was a guy who could have come to light when they went to the disciples. But they were not ready for the Gentiles to come to their light. Are you following? They were not ready. But you need to arise and become a person of prayer. Saints, the Gentiles, when you, when you begin to arise and pray, you are laying tracks for Gentiles to come. Amen. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons and your daughters, uh, your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea will return to you. You know what is so powerful about this? You know there's a path in everything. Even in the sea. Sheep, they don't move anyhow. Maybe you are just seeing them on the, on, on the sea. But they have a path. They're following a path. Are you laying the path for the sheep to come? You think in the air, the aircraft is just flying as it likes. It's just moving anyhow. There is a path. Now, what makes you think that your life, that kings can come to the brightness and sheep can, sheep can come from afar and all those things can begin to happen if you have not created the path? you think that they will come when there is no path? Why is it that certain people it's like things just continue to happen and happen and happen? Every good thing it comes here again. And every it's here again. But your own, every bad thing whoo! Hmm. Why are all the good things coming to you? Pastor Jessica? come your light is shining so much that it's attracting things? Perhaps it's the prayer that you are praying. Perhaps it's your alignment and the fact that your prayers has a way of creating paths to come. The abundance of the seas shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come. All the things are coming. <laughs> they say they're coming to you. So you are not only going they are coming, but for them to come, so it is not enough for you to be in the service. It is not enough for you to be around the word, because the disciples were around the word. They ate with the word, they slept with the word. They did everything, played with the word, everything they wanted, they did it with the word. 
but they did not take one aspect of the word, that part of praying. We're happy to do everything else but pray. I'm in sorrow. So therefore I sleep. There's no more sleeping. I said there's no more. Someone needs to begin to lay tracks for a prodigal son to return. For a prodigal husband to return. Okay, I don't know. Bible never talked about prodigal husband. So maybe we find another term. Someone needs to begin to lay tracks to make sure that the one who has gone astray can find his way back. You need to engage in prayer and contend for souls. Contend even for your destiny. Are you not tired of just life going anyhow? You, you know, it is where life takes you that you go. That's not how you're supposed to live. You don't go where life takes you. Because you have a purpose. God sent you here with a definite purpose. So you need to make sure that you've set the track and you go according, and everything must line up. Amen. Must line up. Amen. Everything, can you hear me, must line up to where God is leading you. It's time to restrain certain things. I was saying to someone, saying, you know, my life, there's so many things happening. You know, I'm almost, I'm not spiritual. They're just too many things. I said, yeah, there's too many things. Because you haven't determined what is important. I said, when, when you're in school, what grade do they pick subjects? Grade 10. Right? Before grade 10, you do everything. Drama, music, art, physics. Everything. By grade 10, they begin to help you to think you to think so that you can narrow down. So what, what do you think you want to do with your life? Ah, I, I want to be a doctor. I said, okay, when you get into grade 11, drop drama. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with drama, but it's not where you are going. Focus on where you are going. But you see, a lot of life, there's no focus there. It, it's, it's a life without rails, without tracks. So anything goes. Wherever life leads me, I go. You need to begin to restrain and restrict certain things. There are things that I have spoken and restricted from coming near my children. Amen. But after you, 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 yes, you, you don't come near. You don't try it. If you dare, there will be fire. And the kind of fire you will experience, it will be good for you so that you can go and tell others. Do not come here 
again. And you see, I'm not saying it timidly, because I know. I know that I can say, at my word is going to rain. And I know that when I say it, I'm going on my knees. And I'm saying, Lord, I declare. I declare and I declare. Rain, come, in the name of Jesus. I know that I, they're not empty words. I know that my prayer is going to back up what I have said. But our problem is that we have a lot of empty words. Nothing backed up with prayer. So the reason why I'm excited is because I have understanding of the power that I carry. And I know that for me to continue to carry that power and exercise that power and lay tracks and make sure my life is going according to what God has ordained for, how God has ordained for it to go, and make sure that the lives of my children, make sure prevailing women, that you are going how you should go, is by getting on my knees. Thank God for you because a lot of times people are not so excited about prayer. <laughs> but I'm happy that you are excited <laughs> and you are saying amen. <laughs> when you lay those tracks, it will, it will lead, it will bring divine visitation to you. The best thing, there's nothing I desire more. If you know me enough, you will know nothing excites me more than hearing the voice of God and knowing that he spoke. I get so excited than being in fellowship with him. And there's a way your prayer begins to lay tracks that will cause him to come. Divine visitation. When you look at Cornelius, the Bible talks about this guy that prayed. And because of his prayers... Even the angel that came to him said, your prayers sent me. It is, it is your prayer. Yes, your, I know there's giving of arms and all of that. But it is you who do not give him no rest. You refuse for him to rest. That he says, okay, angel Gabriel, move. Move. thing to be where you are you don't know it is exciting for me to be where I am and I can speak a word and my daughter who is so far away is covered I can speak a word and cover my sons he says it is your prayers that has caused for this divine visitation. Are you not tired of hearing about people who are experiencing God and yet you don't know what it's like? It's time to connect. Amen. <laughs> Get into prayer. Amen. One of the things the Lord has been saying to me, and I'm so excited because this one <laughs> we will deal with. He says, you know, <laughs> sometimes the enemy also lays his tracks. And he wants you to, your life to travel along that track. But Psalm 2, I think was one of them, he says, Why 
Psalm 2, I think from verse 1. Why do the heathens, the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. Why is the enemy setting traps and laying tracks? Uh-huh. Verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed saying, lest us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He's saying, when they begin to plot, when the enemy is busy setting traps and laying tracks that he wants you to go on, and he's thinking, I'm going to confuse her a little, <laughs> and I want her to go on this track, it's going to lead her far away from destiny. When he begins to set tracks, and Forgive me if I keep saying for your children, because hey, I'm a mother, I speak about my children. When he begins to lay tracks for our children, then the Bible says, he that sits in heaven shall laugh. And I, and I looked and said, shall laugh? He says, yes, he shall laugh. If, if you are watching, how many of you have ever watched Ants, maybe? They're moving with crumbs, huh? <laughs> Take a crumb, and, and they're working really hard, huh? And, and you're just watching, and they're going and coming, and they're building an empire. They're piling up the crumbs, you know, for storage. Winter is coming. How many of you ever get bothered? Say, these ants, they will finish all the food. <laughs> oh, oh. These ants, <laughs> you know, they are destroying. They're, oh my! You don't panic. You don't panic. It takes, and this is what the Lord said to me. It doesn't need to be the Lord, but He said it to me. He says it takes you breathing out, not not blowing. <laughs> you don't even understand. He says it takes you going. It takes you going what? I need to see. It takes you. Did you feel? Now, if there was an ant there, it would have gone. Now, when you see them doing whatever they're doing, you are the one sitting in heaven at that time. Because you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And when you see them building their stuff, you sit and you laugh. You laugh because you know all I need to do is It is the breath of the Almighty that parted the Red Sea. The Bible talks about the east wind blowing and the, and the sea parting and all that. That word, wind, and even breath, same thing. It is God doing and the Almighty Red Sea parted. So why won't he sit and laugh? So when the enemy begins to set up tracks and he decides I'm going to do stuff because of where you are seated, 
you can teach and laugh. You, that cannot happen to you if you are not prayerful. Yeah, because you need to be a watchman that is set on the watchtower that is able to see the enemy before he comes. But when you are not a watchman, you are not prayerful, you don't know when he's coming. You cannot see. Therefore, you cannot laugh. And that's why sometimes he, he takes us by surprise. Once upon a time, when my kids were younger, were smaller, I mean, to me, they're still small. <laughs> Forever small. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're big. When they were younger, they, one of the things that used to bother them the most is the fact that they can't do stuff without mom knowing. Ah, if you used to roll out, ah, she would know. She would, so I used to take advantage of it because the truth is I didn't know everything. So, you know, sometimes when you're going to ask questions, who, you see, who, who did that? They already say, you know who did it. <laughs> God say, it was I. There's something about your connection. And the reason they had that confidence is just because mom is so connected. She's so connected to heaven. <laughs> and, uh, and God has shown me the most, I mean, there's no way in this world you can ever pick it if God doesn't show you. I've had times in my life where God will show me exactly where my child is, what he's doing, what he's doing, where. And then I come and say, where are you? <laughs> so if you don't leave, I will tell her the exact place. If you don't leave that place in the next few minutes, anything that happens. How did you know I was there? She said, there's a spirit. But it doesn't come when you are not connected. Or else you will start dealing with familiar spirits. Says, I have power to dismantle the traps of the enemy. Jeremiah 1.10 confirms it. Are you getting your power on? <laughs> hey, yeah? You're no longer sitting and saying, okay. God is all powerful. You too, you have power. <laughs> I realize that because I carry his DNA, I can do what he says I can do. I can be like my father. And, and so, God doesn't need to come down to dismantle traps. I will dismantle it. He says, see, to Jeremiah, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdom. And what did he say Jeremiah will do? He says, you will root out, you will pull out, you will destroy you will throw down, you will build, and you will plant. Um, excuse me. He did not say, Jeremiah, wait for me to pull out, to root out, to destroy. He says, I have set you, you, you I have set. He has set me to dismantle 
ungodly satanic tracks that are trying to lead my family, lead. Listen to me. From today, you change the direction of your family. If it was heading towards damnation, if it was heading to a tunnel, today, you begin to say, you know what? <laughs> From what I know about God, mm -mm, this cannot be the direction. Don't get comfortable there. From what I know, his thoughts for me are for good and not for evil, to give me a hope and a future, bringing me to an expected end. And from what I know about him, the paths of the righteous are like a shining light. They get brighter and brighter. Why is mine getting darker and darker? You're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. And he has given you power to dismantle, to pull down, to root out. to build, and to plant. Stand to your feet for a minute. Just for a minute. There is something inside of you. Listen, I don't usually stop in the middle like that, but there's something as I'm speaking that is welling up on the inside of you. Begin to pray in the spirit. There's something happening within you. You need to let it erupt from within you. Let it erupt from within you. <laughs> Let it erupt from within you. Ah. Hallelujah. All right, hold on. You are going to pray because he stopped me and said there's something it's like boiling inside. Can anyone testify? I'm sure there are a couple of you here that is boiling. There's something. You know what? You know what that feeling is? You know what it wants to do? It is the Lord has set it alight because there are things that need to be dismantled now. It is to dismantle certain tracks. You need to wake up this morning and, and begin to pray. So let me tell you, though, as you pray in the spirit, you are dismantling things. You are dismantling things. You are dismantling tracks. If only you knew, if only you could see, your eyes could be opened to see where you would end up, where your family will end up if you don't dismantle certain tracks. You will pray in a certain way. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. 
For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.